Welcome to the off-season. No, that's not what this show's called. Welcome to the Chaos Ball Podcast. You clicked on the show, you know the title. Hello, everyone. It's been two weeks. I lied to you in the last podcast and said a podcast was coming next week. Uh, That didn't happen. Decided to wait until the World Series. Uh, Did not anticipate the World Series ending yesterday as I record this on Thursday, the day after the World Series ended, but it worked out that way. I was recording today no matter what, which makes this podcast even better because I am going to look back on my season previews and uh, pick apart what I got right, what I got wrong, what was kind of funny given what happened during the season, yada, yada, yada. I will be talking about the Seattle Mariners on a Monday show next week, uh, off-season outlook, maybe uh, what the Mariners' strategy should be. I mean, I kind of did that last year, and if they followed my strategy, would they have won the World Series? Hard to say. Yes, the answer is yes. Uh, but So this one, this is not a Mariners podcast, so uh, if you're looking for strictly Mariners content, this particular episode is not the one for you. However, I encourage you to stick around because I'm talking about my over-unders and my general predictions for the year. What a ridiculous year it was. The Texas Rangers won the World Series. I took the under on their win total, and we'll get into that later. But just to start the show, I got 13 correct, 13 over-unders. So uh, if you do the math of how many MLB teams there are, And the fact that I got 13 correct, that means I lost money. Now, did I put real money on these? I didn't, actually. I didn't. Uh, Because it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of a 50-50 shot when you do long-term baseball over-unders. It's like putting your money on red or black. I mean, it's a crapshoot. It's freaking baseball, baby. Uh, What's tough? What's tough? And I'll get into the specifics. 13, I got correct. I lost four of these over-under picks by two or less wins. Like on the Mariners recap, I highlighted that I took their over 88.5 out of pure optimism, and they ended up with 88 wins. Now their Pythagorean record was 91-71, and so really I did get it correct. Vegas actually got it wrong. Vegas, please, if you're listening... Go by Pythagorean win record uh, so that we can really, really get these over-unders correct. Uh, So hopefully they do that next time because I would have won a couple of these and been in the positive if they did Pythag win-loss instead of real win-loss, which who uses real win-loss for anything? All I use is Pythagorean. In my Pythagorean dream world, the Mariners just won the World Series over the Snakes, not the Rangers. But I digress. And we're past 3 minutes and 15 seconds. If you're still listening to this, you're a real chaos head. All the other casuals have fallen off. Let's get into it. Let's start with everyone's favorite division this season and beyond, the AL Central. Now, coming into this season, I confidently said both Centrals are comfortably the worst divisions in baseball. I knocked it out of the park with that statement. It doesn't... You know, didn't take a rocket scientist to point that one out. But yeah, these were not very good divisions. Uh, The Tigers, is, and I'm going by how I structured these in the season preview podcast. If you didn't listen to those, 
No need to go back and listen to those now. I don't do that. They're like an hour and a half long. I went back and listened to every single one of them at one and a half speed so I could get prepared for this show. And I basically went team by team, highlighted their roster, you know, their projected lineup, pitching staff, some prospects who were going to make a difference, talked about their projections, and then took my pick on the over-under. The Tigers, uh, what was what did I say about the Tigers? I was super low on Javi Baez. He had a bad season. I was very high on Kerry Carpenter. He had a great year, uh, so really cashed that one. And I took the under 69.5 wins for the Tigers, and they ended up winning 78 games. Uh, didn't didn't anticipate that. Uh, Torkelson really torqued. He really torqued one this year. He had a torquey type of year. Uh, no, he he had a really good breakout. I think their bullpen there had some guys like Reese Olsen uh, emerge in that bullpen who were better than I thought. Um, and I they just won more games than I expected. I really even taking the under. I didn't expect them to win 78. 78 is a lot more games than this Tigers team was projected to win. Uh, so. More power to them. Go Tigers. Their Pythagorean was 73.89. So, I mean, listen, closer, but still would have gotten it wrong. And then I transitioned to the Royals. I was very high on uh, Vinny Pasquantino. He got hurt, sadly. Uh, unfortunate for him. I, I just, I, I, I was higher on this team as a whole compared to the Tigers, and I was pretty incorrect in that judgment because I really thought the off, I thought they were similar teams. The Tigers probably had the edge in the pitching staff. I didn't foresee Eduardo Rodriguez being like a Cy Young candidate for five months out of this year, but that happened, and that really carried them to a few extra wins. Uh, I I compared these two, and I said, I'm going to take the over for the Royals because of their young offense is going to take a step this year. And honestly, I mean, Bobby Witt did. Not, not I mean, the team was so bad. They won 56 games. They were neck and neck with the A's for almost the whole year, uh, which is not where you want to be because I think the Royals actually trying to win baseball games. I I said this quote. I said the offense is good enough to win 69 games. They were not. That was incorrect. That was just plain wrong. Uh, Moving on. I'm going to spend a lot more time talking about the good teams that were interesting than the bad teams. Uh, the White Sox. Oh, God. I nailed this White Sox preview. I said they got Angels vibes, but they don't have Shohei or Mike Trout. Um, I feel like that's a correct assessment. Their organization is a, a nightmare. I didn't... A lot of people were, were like, this is the year with this core. I wasn't going to let that fool me again. Uh, and it didn't. They went pretty under. I took the under on 84 and a half is where their under was set at. They won 61 games. They won 61 games and got fourth in the AL Central. Five games above the Royals. I mean, they did sell everyone at the deadline. They were more of a 70-ish, middling 70-win team probably with all of their guys on it. Uh, But they stripped at the deadline as they should have. And um, I think they're in a better place moving forward, but still not great. I mean, they they have some good players, and I feel like they got some good good guys back in those trades, but like I still don't really see the vision. I think there's deep-seated issues within this organization that's very clear to everyone, just like the Angels. Uh, and I just, even with star power of Luis Robert, uh, who I think they should trade this offseason, 
I just don't see how they're going to be good moving forward. But moving on from the White Sox. The Twins, another team that I kind of nailed this preview. Um, I liked the Gallo signing. I said, why not take a little a little flyer on Joey Gallo? I said the similar, similar thing about um, Cody Bellinger as well because the shift was getting banned. I mean... Why not just sign this guy to a one-year deal, see if he can figure it out and get a little offensive bump because of the shift? And, I mean, Joe Yellow kind of did. He had a 101 OPS+. plus. I mean, that is a, not a win or a loss, really, for the Twins. I mean, he provided some depth, and they ended up winning the division. Um, I had this quote pulled. I said, quote, I'm going to smash the over. The Twins are going to win 90 games and win the division, end quote. I got so close. I got so damn close with that prediction. They won 87 games and won the division. So I'm just going to give that to myself. A little pat on the back for myself there. Uh, Their Pythag was 93 and 69. So really, I I won. I won this prediction. I said this team is, is just good in most aspects and not great in many, but... They ended up being exactly that. Their pitching staff was really good. Their offense was good enough. They had some contributions from some young fellas like Edouard Julian and a somewhat healthy season from Royce Lewis, uh, the Grand Slam machine himself. Uh, I think Pablo Lopez was better probably this year than I expected. I really liked him going into the season. I liked him a lot, but didn't expect quite this type of year. But uh, this was about what I expected from the Twins. I took the over on 82 and a half, and they won 87 games. So that is a dub. And then moving on to the Guardians, who I I, I thought this was the best team in the division, but I still like the Twins to win. Um, I was wrong about this team. I think a lot of people were. They were so much worse than most people expected. I took the over at 87 and a half. Nope. They won 76 games. Uh, really just not... This brand of baseball is kind of fun when it's going correct. Um, and it's really awful to watch when it's going poorly. I didn't watch much of this team this year after I saw how bad they were. I, I watched the occasional like Tanner Tanner Bybee start. Uh, and like when Tristan McKenzie was pitching earlier in the year, I watched him. It, it, it was just not a good team. I really liked the Josh Bell signing and the the impending arrival of Bo Naylor. I thought that was going to really propel this team to to new heights after what they did last season because they didn't really lose much. They were going to promote a lot of young pitching, and they they got Josh Bell, and I thought Josh Bell was like the key to unlocking this lineup's potential because I was like, that is an anchor in the middle of the lineup to hit dingers from both sides of the plate. That's exactly what they needed. Um, it turns out they probably needed more power than that, and they ended up trading Josh Bell anyway to the Marlins at the deadline. Um, they just fell really flat. I took the over and they fell flat. And then the division, how I thought it was going to shake out, I said the Twins, Guardians, White Sox, Royals, and Tigers uh, got the Twins position correct. And that is it. The division shook out. The Twins, the Tigers, the Guardians, the White Sox, the Royals in that order... Moving on to the NL Central, another division I thought was going to be bad, but ended up being more fun than than I thought, more fun than the AL Central. The quality of the teams was still not very good. However, 
at one point during this year, I specifically remember calling this division the most fun division in baseball. Didn't pan out that way in the end. Uh, I think that was when, like, that was when the Brewers, Cubs, and Reds were all within, like, a game or two of each other. I want to say this was in August, probably, or even July. Uh, and then it kind of just separated. The Brewers really walked away with it. Um, the Brewers weren't even that good. But let's start with the Reds. I I got the Reds wrong, guys. Like everyone else, I got them wrong. I told all of you to look up Ellie De La Cruz before the season. I wasn't the only person to be big on him, obviously, going into the year, but I wasn't wrong about his ceiling being infinity. We saw it. We saw the struggles, but we saw the types of shit that that alien playing shortstop can do, and it was awesome. Uh, I, I said they had probably the most depth of infield prospects in the league. We saw it on full display this year. Their entire infield was rookies for a lot of this year, especially before Votto came back, even after he came back. Uh, I really didn't think this team was going to be good, though. Like, not at all. And I think their young offense just willed them to a lot of wins. Uh, credit to them. They, they stuck it to me. They won 82 games, and I, I took the, the under... 64 and a half. I thought they were going to be real bad, and they were not. And then the Pirates. The Pirates were a team I got correct because I just wasn't like, I wasn't convinced at all. I wasn't uh, high on Mitch Keller. I thought he was a good pitcher. He had a great year. Uh, I didn't really talk about them that much because they didn't do much for me. I mean, I they're, they're over under of a 66 and a half. I, I took the over because I thought that was a little low for just the type of guys they had on this team. They ended up winning 76 games, and I think in large part because of the April that they had. They had a scorching April, uh, and if I just look here at their splits, give me their splits, please. Where are they? There they are. Yeah, they were. They went twenty and nine to start the year in one game in March and then April, and then from then on out by month, eight and eighteen, eleven and fifteen, eight and sixteen, fourteen and fifteen, and fourteen and thirteen, uh, fifteen and thirteen to end the year. Actually, September October, so a strong end to the year. But uh, no, they just were not. They weren't good. I didn't. I didn't foresee too many prospects making a huge impact this year. Uh, we saw a little bit of Henry Davis. We saw some Andy Rodriguez. Uh, saw more MLB time from McCutcheon. Uh, they hung on to Brian Reynolds, which I was surprised everyone was a little bit. But I, I got this one right. I didn't think they were going to go over seventy wins, but I thought sixty-six was a little too low. And then the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs, boy. They had a disappointing year. In the end, I I didn't think this team was going to be good at all. I was not at all buying what they were selling. I thought this team didn't make a whole lot of sense besides def- defense. Uh, I I this team still confuses me how it's built a little bit to be honest. I liked their defense up the middle, as I said, it was great defense up the middle. I was very skeptical about Dansby repeating the offensive year he had last year, like to an extent. And he, I was kind of right. He didn't repeat, but he was still a great player. Uh, I was pretty high on Justin Steele coming into the year. I didn't think he'd post such a preposterously low ERA like he did. 
Um, I was also pretty high on Albert Alzale, and he had uh, a really solid year out of the bullpen, ended up closing a lot of games for him this year. I didn't foresee them being in the wildcard race at all, and they were briefly until they came crashing down. They won 82 games. I said they were going to go under 77.5, unfortunately. Or they won 83, my bad. Uh... I, and I just, I still am like confused at the at the build and makeup of this team. I don't know where the pitching is going to come from the next couple of years. I just, I'm not super convinced with some of their prospects. Like, I really like Pete Crow Armstrong. I really like him. I don't know about much else. Uh, I liked the, again, I liked the Cody Bellinger signing. I thought that was good to just take a flyer, and he had a phenomenal year for Cody Bellinger compared to the last couple of years and is one of the better free agent position players available in this offseason, which speaks to the lack of good talent in this free agent class. But still, that's more of a credit to Cody Ballinger considering how bad he's been past couple of years. So that was that was nice to see him play well again. It's baseball is better when, when Bellinger's playing well because he's just a he's a funny dude. He's just a funny dude and a, a good baseball player to watch. And now the division winner, the Brewers. And, and and another theme I see from this, as I looked at it, I got only 13 of these over-unders correct. I got a lot more predictions and general vibes correct than the over-unders show. And I'm not lying to you. I, I, I was correct on a lot of teams and what they would look like and what they'd do. But that is a little different from choosing an over-under that Vegas sets because Vegas is demonic and Vegas has a deal with the devil and knows exactly where to put their over-under sometimes that don't correlate at all to the vibes of the team. But Because I, I, I was listening to these podcasts and I was like, wow, that, that turned out, that was correct. Some of it was completely wrong, but I, I'm going to give myself like 65% was pretty right in those preseason podcasts. And the Brewers, uh, the Brewers, I talked about how good the Contreras trade looked for them, and that was absolutely correct. He had a phenomenal year. Uh, he, part of the reason I really liked it, obviously, is offense, and he continued that, but I liked him going to the Brewers because they've, they've proven over the years to be very good at, like, if the Mariners have a bullpen lab to make these these random relievers into great, or into great relievers, the Brewers have whatever the equivalent is for a catching lab. They, You go into the Brewers camp, and you'll come out a great pitch framer. Uh, and Contreras took a big step defensively this year and just looks like a franchise catcher moving forward. Uh, and I really, really like his addition because they kind of just... That trade was happening between the Braves and the A's, and I feel like the Brewers are like, oh, we'll take that. And the Red Braves were like, oh, okay, oh, whatever. They didn't give up much, and they got Joel Piamps too from uh, from the A's, and he ended up throwing a lot of innings out of the bullpen for them, especially uh, down the stretch as well. And you know, they won the division. Were they that good of a team? Yeah, I, I thought they had the pitching staff to win the World Series. Um, obviously they didn't do that because their offense kind of didn't do much. But uh, the pitching staff I thought was going to be good enough to win them. Uh, playoffs series. Uh, Woodruff getting hurt too, and then not being able to make it back for the playoffs was very tough. I I really thought they'd make the wild card, and that's that's due in part to the next team I got to talk about and what they do. Uh, but the Brewers they gave Justin Topa to the Mariners though. That's a big L. Justin Topa was awesome this year. I was higher on Christian Yelich going into the year than most. 
and he had a solid year. It's because, I mean, if you looked at Christian's numbers the past few years, he hasn't been bad. Everyone, I feel like the narrative on him is he's been a terrible player since winning MVP. He's not. He's not. He's been a good, serviceable player. Uh, It's just he hasn't been that MVP type. But he had a solid year. Uh, It was a big part of their offense. I was very correct in their pitching being good. Um, I claimed that BetMGM doesn't know ball for setting their line at 85.5. I took the over and it cashed. I mean... I think I knew a ball more than BetMGM. And then I thought they make the wild card. They ended up winning the division. 92 wins, win the division. Uh, it's a solid year for the Brewers. Disappointing in the playoffs, but I think they have foundational pieces to build off of. They just got to figure out what to do with Corbin Burns now. Uh, the Cardinals. Boy, I don't think anyone got the Cardinals correct. No one in the industry was coming into the year saying the Cardinals were going to be bad. I think some people were probably lower on them than others, but 71 wins. Listen, I took the under on 89 and a half. Did I think they would win 18 less games in 89? Like, no, I thought they were more of like an 87 win team because of the lack of pitching depth and good God, that really catapulted this team into the depths of hell this year. It was so bad. They were just so bad. It was kind of a surreal thing to watch because it's the Cardinals. I mean, they start the whole first three months of the season. The Cardinals were a bad team for the entire year. And for more than half the year, everyone in the industry, including myself, uh, and I'm not in the industry, just around baseball. It was like, ah, man, we're just waiting for this team to explode. They did no such exploding, more imploding than anything. I... I, uh, and the things I said in the preseason pod, I thought Brewers-Cardinals was going to be a really fun battle for the division. I thought they complemented each other beautifully. Like The Brewers had really good pitching. The Cardinals had really good hitting. I thought it was going to be a really fun division to watch. Uh, no, it was not. I talked about their lineup being super strong and their bullpen being solid. Uh, I said that Jack Flaherty was an X-factor of their rotation. And that wasn't entirely true. Um, but I, I, I said a really good Jack Flaherty could really propel this team to World Series. Even if he was really good this year, I doubt they were good enough to win the World Series. But, um, I expected Michaelis to be better than he was. Like, I thought Michaelis and Montgomery was a very solid top of the rotation. I did mention that I think they would make a move at the deadline for a starter, because I saw that as an issue and turns out it was so much of an issue. They weren't even in the position to make a move for anyone at the deadline. Uh, Even though people thought they would, they really didn't. They sold, which they should have. They were quite bad. And then I'll finish this division with a quote. I said, quote, not super worried about this Cardinals team End quote, God, they were bad. But it was great. We saw the baseball world kind of unite and like, wow, it's kind of refreshing to not have the Cardinals be good against, you know, even even Cardinals teams in the past who it's like, I don't see it with this team. It's the Cardinals. I mean, they win 90 games flat, win the division and win a playoff series. That's just kind of what the Cardinals do. And it was a very non-Cardinals-y type year. And then how the division was going to shake out, I predicted uh, the Cardinals were going to win it and then the Brewers would take second, and then the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds follow in that order. Did I get any of those positions correct? I did not. Oh, no, I did. The Pirates. I got the Pirates in fourth correct, so credit to me. 
I can't believe the Cardinals got last in that division. I really can't. I can't believe it. Uh, moving on. Moving on. The NL East. What happened in the NL East this year? Uh, I'll start with the Nationals. I talked a lot about Joey Manesis this year going into the year because for last season he had a stretch where he was better than Barry Bonds. I uh, I tempered the expectations of him going into this season, and we're just not going to talk about what Joey Manesis did this year at all. It would be rude. Uh, I thought this team was going to be bad. I really thought they were going to be uh, with the A's as the worst team in baseball, and they ended up being like not terrible. I mean, they won 71 games. I said they'd go under 60 and a half, which looking back, 60 and a half is a crazy, crazy low over and under. But I think uh, I I liked Kbert Ruiz going into this year. I think a big part of why they won uh, that that many games this year was probably Dylan Thomas had a really good year. I didn't really see that one come in. And uh, CJ Abrams had a really nice year. Uh, took a took a step this season, which was really encouraging to see. Really found his power like midway through the year. And he's one of those guys where you look at him and it's you look at the dingers he hits and it's like, how are you hitting home runs, dog? And um, he has a decent amount of pop uh, and really had a, a solid year. Caber Ruiz did too, I think. I don't know. I I don't know if I'm super convinced about Mackenzie Gore right now, but he he didn't have a terrible year. This team was just better than I thought. Still not good. Moving on. The Marlins. This team confuses me still. I had that in my preseason pod. I said, this team confuses me, but I like their off-season moves. I really liked what they did. Uh, I really liked the Segura signing, and boy, did that one not work out at all. Uh, I liked it for the reason, the same reason I liked them trading for Luis Rise. The team needed more guys who were going to get on base. They had a lot of swing and miss. They had a lot of swinging for the fences and guys who weren't very good at it and also strike out a lot. I was like, Segura, professional hitter, you know? No, terrible. Cut midseason, was seen partying on a boat afterwards, living his best life. I predicted a Solaire bounce back season. That one came to fruition. He had a really good year and is a free agent, I believe. I uh, I liked the team coming in the season. I said, I'm going to smash the over. And I said, quote, I think they could make the wild card. Bam. Bada bam. They made the wild card, man. I took the over 74 and a half. And they won 84 games. Uh, <laughs> by the skin of their teeth, they won 84 games. They won so many one run and extra innings games this year. Like This is why Pythagorean win-loss is so fun because teams like this you just know there's going to be discrepancies in their raw record versus their Pythagorean record we've seen it with the Mariners in the past and the fun differential the Marlins won 84 games their Pythagorean win loss was 75 and 87 which is right at their over under at 74 and a half still over Still going to count it. Still kind of confused on this team moving forward. But we move on to the Philadelphia Phillies. I expected them, boringly, I expected them to be very similar to last year. They were almost identical to last season. Uh, there I, I, there wasn't much mystery behind this team. I thought they were going to do almost the exact same thing they did last season, and they literally did. 
down to losing in the NLCS. They almost, they basically replicated their season last year. I mean, they, I took the under on 88 and a half and they won 90 wins. That's one of the close ones that I lost, which is unfortunate. Because uh, I, I just thought this team was a wild card team, but 88 and a half was a little high for my liking. Uh, and they won 90 games. I mean, what are you going to do? That's basically a win in my book. I, uh, I liked them, took the under, but I mentioned if they make the wild card, they could go on another run because it's the Phillies, and they did. Like I, Again, this is where the my words spoke louder than my over-under picks, where I kind of predicted the same year again, and, and they did it. Really unfortunate they lost. Um, it was to the Snakes, which I was happy about. If they were playing anyone else, I probably would have been rooting for the Phillies. And I, I was, I was just happy to happy to be there watching the NLCS. I wanted either team to beat the Rangers, and that didn't happen. Uh, but they, we saw, we saw the, the Philadelphia sports experience, the, the the modern Phillies experience of really high highs, really low lows, and all kinds of chaos in the postseason. And uh, we saw Bryce again prove that he is that fucking dude he played first base this season and they're in an interesting spot right now they got Aaron Nola an impending free agent he had a really solid year a very Aaron Nola-y type year really good playoffs uh I mean I love Zach Wheeler he's sticking around Ranger Suarez is a dog I think they ought to I think they gotta resign Aaron Nola uh, luckily, if they don't, there's a lot of solid pitching options out there. But Aaron Nola, I don't think Aaron Nola gets enough love nationally as he should. He did this postseason, which was good. But he is a guy, not as much to the extent of being amazing as Garrett Cole. But Garrett Cole gets a lot of hate. And I always push back on, like, one, Garrett Cole's a really good pitcher. And two, pencil that guy in for 200 innings a year. Uh, and essentially, it's it's the same thing with Nola. Nola since 2017 2018 has been has barely missed any starts. The guy just throws innings and in a in the modern day super valuable. He didn't have as good of a year as he did last year. He had a really good year last year. I think he got a little bit unlucky this year. Uh, but ultimately he still threw so many innings. It was a dog in the playoffs. I think I think they got to try to keep him. Um, but I got to talk about more teams, so sorry, Phillies. Moving on to the Braves. The Atlanta Braves was my World Series pick preseason. I was super confident about them being the best team in baseball. Wasn't worried about them not being good. Hammered the over. All of that was correct. I took the over on 95.5. They won 104. I said they were going to be the best team in baseball, and they were. And they didn't win the World Series. Fancy that. It's because they got so much rest in the postseason. It's because they, they got to sit on their asses and, and do nothing and eat junk food and in preparation for their series in the playoffs, and then they were bad. Nah, I, I it was tough. It was tough. They were such a fun team to watch this year. Uh, I expected Acuna to have a good year. Did not expect a 40-70 season, but I'll take it. That was pretty sweet. I, I actually did have money on them uh, winning the World Series prior to the year. Not that much money, but I would have won a decent amount because odds preseason are pretty, you know, pretty high regardless of who you put the who you put the money on. Uh, this team was really good. They lost in the playoffs because that's baseball, baby. Moving on, 
to another team everyone got wrong, the New York Mets. Quote, I am very excited to watch the Mets versus the Braves for the division. End quote. (laughs) Ha ha, that did not pan out at all. Uh, Man, disappointing year for the Mets. Another one where, listen, their over was 95 and a half. Did I take the over? Yeah. I ate the trash. I took the over. They won 75 games. I'll, I'll wear that. But what I said in, in the preview, again, I was pretty right about some of the things on this team. I was very excited to watch Kodai Senga, and I said he might be my pick to win Rookie of the Year. I, you know, Corbin Carroll's going to win it, but Senga had a phenomenal year. Loved watching him. I think rightfully he should get second or third in, in Rookie of the Year voting. He deserves it, despite being like 30, still a rookie. Uh, I was very skeptical of their rotation though. Listening back to my podcast, cause I forgot what I was, I forgot why I took the over and I feel like I took the over just because, um, of the, of the names on the sheet rather than listening to myself, because I was openly very skeptical about the rotation given how old it was, but I still thought they'd be fine because of Edwin Diaz at the back of their bullpen. I'm like, listen, they get to Edwin Diaz and they're fine realizing I recorded that pre-WBC, obviously, and pre-season-ending injury for Edwin. But even if this team had Edwin Diaz, they weren't they were not sniffing the playoffs. They might have even traded him if he was healthy. Uh, I highlighted them as another uh, trade deadline like starter acquisition type team because after like Verlander, Scherzer, Senga, I wasn't entirely confident in the other guys because of age. And I was I was correct. I mean that happened. I said losing Taiwan Walker hurts for that reason, and it did. It really hurt him. Uh, I I didn't take the under, and I should have because. Well, actually, no. I you know I I I have it in here as over, and I think after the fact I took the over because. I said in my preseason episode, I said, quote, I'm going to take the over because it'd be hilarious if this, or take the under if this, because uh, it'd be hilarious if this team misses the playoffs. All-time L for this baseball team. So I'm taking the over just to will that into existence for all of us. Listen, I wrote down in my notes over instead of under. I haven't touched them since the season because I'm no cheater. So that's a loss on my part, but you're welcome, Earth. I willed them into existence missing the playoffs. I also mentioned the worst team money could buy. Eerily similar. Eerily similar. Luckily, the league also had the Padres to make fun of. Or else the Mets would be in an entirely worse uh, narrative online-based situation. But that was the AL East. Or not the AL East. The NL East. I thought it would go like this. The Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Marlins, and the Nationals. And... I got it. Oh, I mean, I got, I got two. I got the Braves in first and the Nationals in last. Uh, so I sandwiched the other teams incorrectly, but that's okay. Because the Braves, Phillies, Marlins, Mets, Nationals—that's it's kind of a wacky division. Moving on to the AL East. The AL East. Now, I started with the worst team in the division, the Red Sox. I was correct about that. I said they essentially swapped. J.D. Martinez for Justin Turner, uh, as big of a straight swap as you could you could make. Honestly, 
I was wrong. J.D. Martinez had a phenomenal year for the Dodgers. Justin Turner had a great year, too. Uh, and in terms of, like, impact on their team, I still think it was similar. But J.D. Martinez had a fantastic year. Justin Turner had a good year. Those are a little different. I was super low on their pitching. I really liked Brian Bayo going into the year, and he was really good this season. He's their best pitcher. I was pretty high on their offense. Uh, and I took the under on the freaking Red Sox. Under 77 and a half, and they won goddamn 78 games. Stupid Chaim, this is your fault. Clearly, you wanted me to lose money. Nah, I. This team was historically bad defensively. Their pitching was a nightmare. Their offense was, was cool. Their offense was cool. It was cool as Hugh Tristan Cassis hit a lot of home runs. I love Rafi Devers. I think, I think there's a lot of good. Good in this team. I think there's a lot of good in this team. The pitching is a nightmare, though. They got to right that ship. The best part about this team is they have a guy named Cutter Crawford and their pitching staff, Cutter with a K. And you're like, hey, wow, that's funny. He's a pitcher. Does he throw a cutter? You'd be correct. He throws a cutter. However, it's one of the worst pitches in baseball. He needs to stop. I think he's throwing the cutter because his name's Cutter and he has to cut it out because it was terrible. Uh, that's it for the Red Sox. Bad team. Orioles. The Orioles. Didn't expect them to win that many games, let alone the division and make the playoffs. Just didn't really expect that. I didn't think they improved the pitching well enough to be even a playoff contender. I They ended up being a great team, and I was just wrong. I, I feel like... Um, I, I think Kyle Bradish was so much better than I expected. I, I liked him, but not to this extent that he was so good this year. Even Dean Kremer, for stretches of this season, I thought was way better than I expected. I liked the team in the over. I took the over. Uh, it was 76.5. I thought that team would be comfortably better than the 76.5, but I thought it was at most a wildcard team. I didn't think they'd even sniff 90-plus wins, and they won 101. Almost impossible to preview this team without talking about the prospects, and I talked about the prospects a lot, but Wow. They were just so much. They were just so much better than I think everyone expected. Uh, and I, I still took the over, but wow, they they smashed it, and they have maybe the best. Mm, I don't know, one of the best situations moving forward in all of baseball. I think all this team really needs is some investment from the owners. Can you, can you think of where you heard that one before? No, I'm not getting into it. But uh, I think there's so many good pitchers on the market this offseason. I think it lines up beautifully for the Orioles to splash some cash and go into next season as a like consensus best team in the AL. Obviously, it doesn't always work out that way, but I don't know. What if they sign Aaron Nola? You know, uh, they could. Who knows? What if they sign one of these one of these pitchers? What if they sign Yamamoto out of Japan? Like, I would love that. Um, I think that's just what they need now. And uh, that's it with the Orioles. Moving on to the Rays. The Rays. I got a lot of a lot right in this division. I think, uh, particularly about the Rays and Yankees. The Rays. I was very high on them going into the year because honestly, they just got healthy from last season like they were so hurt last year they got healthy and I was like this team's good they got really hurt this year again and they had 
their franchise cornerstone shortstop turn out to be an absolute deplorable human being and he's off the team and they still ended up making the playoffs and almost winning the division which is a testament to that organization and they're just a machine i was just i was i was super high on wander and thought he could be an mvp player and i mean i think everyone is in the same boat uh that this just that shit sucks i don't feel bad for him at all i feel bad for anyone else involved uh good on the field absolute sicko off the field uh no more wander talk uh another reason i took the hire on this team and i mentioned it in the preseason pod was because nobody was talking about them. When the AL East came up, it was Yankees this, Yankees that. And, like, young Orioles. And, like, could the Red Sox be good? Because they're a big market team. And the Blue Jays, will this be the year? They finally put it together. No one was talking about the Rays, and I found that suspicious, and that's why I took the over. And I cashed over 88 and a half, and they won 99 games. Uh, I was very right about this team. And a team I was also right about, the New York Yankees. I nailed it. I nailed this preview. I was so right about this team. I hammered the under. Their line was 95 and a half. I thought that was an insult. I, I took the under so quick, and they won 82 games. I didn't believe in them at all. I'm taking my victory lap right now because I knew they wouldn't be a good team. I really shit-talked Aaron Boone in that podcast. I said he's not a good manager. This team's not going to be that good. Uh, I thought the expectations on Volpe was going to be way too much. I didn't really trust the projections for the pitching staff. I didn't foresee Carlos Rodon being that bad and hurt most of the year. But the back half of the pitching staff, they were projecting like Luis Severino and Luis Hill. Um... and like Nestor to repeat like those two guys to be like above average pitchers and also Nestor to repeat his year didn't believe it and it didn't happen I don't have much else to say and then judge got hurt and everything fell apart that's what happens when you build a team like they have they it's Cashman's good at building teams but I was very skeptical on this one and I mean, it, it turned out correct. Um, going forward, they're not, I mean, they're not in that bad of a spot, and they're the Yankees, for Christ's sake. I mean, they got to get back to being the Yankees and, like, paying for good players. Uh, they also horribly mismanaged Anthony Rizzo and his concussion this season. Honestly, disgusting how they handled that. Uh, not really tanked his year. And I didn't believe in the offensive depth, and they didn't really. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't really have any offensive depth. Uh, they finally started to throw um, Michael King in the starter position at the end of the year. That was a good decision. Michael King's pretty awesome. Uh, and, I mean, Domingo Herman threw a perfect game. Still was a below-average pitcher. Like, I looked at the rotation going into the year, and I was like, Garrett Cole, awesome. Carlos Ferdinand, awesome. Carlos Ferdinand gets hurt, and then is terrible when he comes back. And then after that, it was Domingo Herman, Johnny Brito, and Luis Severino. And projections were projecting this team as like the highest war uh, pitching staff, starting pitching in the league. A lot of that was Rodon and Cole, to be fair. But I was like, I don't see this back rotation being good. And they, they, to their credit, Johnny Brito and Domingo Herman were not really that bad. They were really closer to mediocre. 
Sevi was terrible. Sevi was really bad. I don't know what to make of Severino anymore. Uh, but point is, nailed this prediction. Moving on to a team I got kind of wrong. Blue Jays. I thought the Blue Jays were winning this division. I'll be honest. Me, like everyone else, thought this team would be better on offense. And the offense would take a step forward to be dominant like they are on paper. And they didn't do that. I liked their pitching, and they had a way better pitching year than I expected. Really cool to see Yusei Kikuchi have uh, the year he had. He, he made a lot of improvements. That was cool. Kevin Gosman is awesome. Uh, I liked the Bassett get and their bullpen. I liked their bullpen. I liked getting Eric Swanson um, and even like trading Teoscar for him. I thought that was a good trade for him because then they got Varsho, and I really like Varsho, and they just underwhelmed again. What they've done year upon year for like four years now, underwhelm. Another underwhelming Blue Jays team. Uh, they won 89 games. I took the over. Oh, yeah, the over on 92 and a half. That didn't cash. I thought they were going to win the division. I'm not letting this team hurt me again. I'm making a declaration. This team will not hurt me again because uh, they hurt me this year again. Because I thought, I, I really, I really thought this was the year. Nope. Every year, it's been like, oh, this is the year. It's just not. It's just not going to be. Uh, what's crazy is their pitching staff was great. They got really good contributions out of their best pitchers this year and also really good contributions from Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Barrios. And they still underwhelmed from an offense point of view. And that's disappointing as hell. It's an ultimate on paper. This team's going to win it all, team. But that is the AL East how I predicted this would go was the Blue Jays get first, the uh, the Rays follow, and then Yankees, Orioles, Red Sox. I got the Tampa Bay Rays in the second, correct, and I got the Red Sox in last, correct. So I'll take that. Moving on to the NL West, the Rockies. We'll start with the Rockies. I made the very bold claim that the Rockies were going to be bad. Turns out I was correct. Moving on from the Rockies, uh, the Giants. Oh, the Rockies. The Rockies under 67 and a half. They won 59 games terrible the Giants the baseball Giants I called them the most mid team in the league no one exemplifies mediocre like this team uh and they did that uh I talked a little arson judge I said they're gonna win between 78 and 82 games no more no less I thought they'd go on the higher end of that and they didn't because I took the over on 80 and a half, but said they weren't winning more than 82, and they won 79 games. So really, I nailed that prediction. They were super mid, and they had like two starters the whole year. They fired Gabe Kapler at the end of the year. I don't. They're not in a in a terrible place. It sucks that there's in this division, especially now that the D-backs are here. Uh, so that's four legitimately contending teams going into the next season. Um, they like their young guys were fine. Like Patrick Bailey was awesome this year. Uh, even if he never really comes around on the plate, if he is at least if he's just even average to slightly above average at the plate, his defense is phenomenal. Like that is a franchise defensive catcher right there. Uh, and they called up a lot of guys this season. I I really liked what I saw from Marco Luciano. I, I think he should be the starting shortstop going into next year. I like Casey Schmidt, too. I feel like he's their third baseman. Um, Luis Matos, a tough, tough start to his major league career, but nowhere to go it up. Kyle Harrison finally called him up at the end of the year. You saw why his stuff grades out so well. His stuff is nasty. 
Um, I I like the direction this team is going. Was just confused this year of what was going on, uh, and they really were mid. They really were really really mediocre. So got that one correct. Let's move on to the D backs. I'm a I'm taking another victory lap here. I was so high on this D backs team. I wasn't alone in that. There were other people who were high on this team for the same reasons. But I will still pat myself on the back for this one. I was just high on their young players, like besides Corbin Carroll. Obviously, he was the preseason favorite to win Rookie of the Year, and he will do that. He had a phenomenal season. But um, I really liked Gabriel Moreno going into this year. I liked like Brandon Fott, tough start to the year, picked it up at the end of the year, and then had one of the better playoff starts I've ever seen, which was crazy. Um, him and like Ryan ne- Ryan Nelson and Dre Jameson, I really liked those guys coming into this season. And I liked getting Lourdes Gurriel in the Moreno trade despite losing Varsho. I just was really high on this team. And I said, quote, I'm going to take the over no matter what it is. And I nailed it. I took the over 75 and a half. They won 84. They went to the freaking World Series. They lost, but I think this is I think this is a rare World Series or championship where it's like the Rangers obviously they won their first World Series ever. They're ecstatic, they're elated. The Diamondbacks, I think it's short-term pain and even right now a day after to like a week after, I'm sure those fans are like, "You know what?" While we might, you know, this might, you don't get an opportunity to win the World Series every year, but at the end of the day, this team is so young. There's a clear direction. They won 84 games, snuck into the wild card, and went on a Cinderella run to the World Series. I think you're so happy going into next year. Uh, you're disappointed, obviously, that you lost, but I think ultimately you're happy with what you're seeing. And uh, this was this was my team this year. I, I made that declaration early in the year. I said, this is the team that I will be supporting as a sneaky dark horse to make the playoffs. And just going to pat myself on the back for that one. I don't have much else to say about this d- division. The other two teams are just, uh, they're not good. No, I'm just kidding. The Dodgers. I talked a lot about their prospects, but I ate the garbage and took their under because I bought into this idea that the Dodgers can have down years. They did not. They did not have a down year. I um, I thought the division would be very tough, and I thought 96.5 felt a little high for the squad that they had, but they were very Dodgersy again. They won 100 games. Uh, turns out having Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman as a 1-2 in your lineup is pretty good. It's all right. It's an all right thing to have. And... They're going to sign Otani this offseason. I just, man, it's depressing. I don't I don't even have much else to focus on with this team. James Outman was cool to watch, but ultimately this team came down to uh, just being the Dodgers, just being a well-oiled machine out there. Bobby Miller's great. I think Gavin, or, uh, yeah, Gavin Stone is cool. Uh, Julio Urias looks like they're going to be out without him forever. Uh, another deplorable human being it appears uh they got a lot of questions in the pitching to uh, to answer this offseason for certain and another flame out in the playoffs but they won 100 games in a supposed down year i mean what what else is there to say 
And then moving on to another very large disappointment, the Padres. Ate the garbage again, took the over, said they were going to win the division, took over 93.5, they won 82 games. I was bamboozled by this team. Absolutely bamboozled. Everyone was. Like, to be fair, the whole the whole season was one large bamboozlement. Uh, this is the best, worst team I've ever seen. This Padres team. This, the Padres are baseball. The Padres are as much baseball, exemplify baseball as the Diamondbacks do. An 84 team, an 84 win team with a negative run differential squeaks into the playoffs and makes the World Series. And a team with a positive run differential highlighted by insane star power and spending comfortably misses the playoffs. They won 82 games. Their Pythagorean win-loss was 92-70. and 70. Ten less games they won, according to the numbers, than they probably should have. It w- That's why. It was the best, worst team I've ever seen. It was a baffling year. Like This just speaks to cruelty of baseball. Because you go look, in one-run games, they were 9-23. and 23. And they hadn't won an extra inning game for the entire year until September. They were 2-12 and 12 in extra innings. And you say, oh, well, did they not have any home run hitters on their team to hit a walk-off? Did they not have a good closer who blew a lot of, who blew a lot of leads? The answers to both of those would be no. They had plenty of good hitters, and they had Josh freaking Hader. And they still were terrible in close games and extra innings. Insanely disappointing season from them. And again, that's baseball. It can happen. That can just happen. This team was genuinely like they were a playoff team. Like they probably should have. They almost they almost made the wild card in the end. That's how good bad they were. They were so bad for the whole year and then almost snuck into the playoffs. And everyone knew how good this team was, despite their record. But no, the D-backs sneak in two games ahead of them to go to the World Series, man. Baseball is baseball is cruel. But that is the NL West. The NL West, I thought it would go Padres, Dodgers, D-backs, Giants, Rockies. And what did I get correct? I got uh, the Giants in fourth and the Rockies in last correct. I keep getting the last place teams correct. That's, that's a good trend for me. Moving on to the last division, the AL West. Now... I'm not talking about the Mariners at all in this AL West wrap-up because I already had an entire season wrap-up for the Mariners, and if you haven't listened to that and you're somehow 55 minutes into this, what are you doing? Go listen to that. But the AL West, we'll start with the division winner, the Oakland A's. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't hate the Oakland A's team. I didn't hate some of the players. And in my preview, and what I did with a lot of these bad teams, is give you an excuse to watch them for whatever reason. A lot of it is, this player is cool. If you ever find yourself watching an A's game and want to turn it off, consider keeping it on for so-and-so. And I thought they had some players like that. I still took the under at 59.5, because they were actively trying to lose baseball games, and they won 50. So that one was a success. They still, at the end of the year proved that they have some players that are worth watching, like genuinely. Um, I was high on Shea Langoliers coming into this year. 
Really, I thought he'd have a better offensive season, but he looked really good behind the plate. I liked Ryan Noda. Ryan Noda's a good player. And then they had these midseason call-ups. Um, Zach Geloff, really cool, really good player, uh, it appears. Really going to be fun watching him going forward. They called up young catcher, slash he did a lot of DHing, Tyler Soderstrom. And then um, another guy who... Had some good moments after getting called up with Lawrence Butler, outfielder, young outfielder. So there, there are some young players to watch on this team. Uh, but I still thought they were going to be terrible because, I mean, they were. And they were bad. Uh, oh, and also um, Brent Rooker, breakout for Brent Rooker. Really good year. And they're all-star. Um, really, just genuinely a very good season from Brent Rooker. So credit to, to Brent for holding it down. And also, Brent Rooker, very good poster. Really good poster on tw- on Twitter. He tweets all the time, and his tweets are good. So if you don't follow him, I would recommend following Brent Rooker. But that's it. That's it for the A's. The Texas Rangers, man. The Texas freaking Rangers. Again, again where some of what I said was correct, and yet I got the over-under wrong. I took under 82 and a half. They won 90 wins. They won the World Series. I didn't foresee all of their position player prospects taking a leap like they did this season. I wasn't like super wrong about the rest of the team because I was like, you know, Corey Seager is awesome. Marcus Semien is awesome. I um, I liked obviously the prospect pedigree of like uh, Josh Young. I liked Nathaniel Lowe. I, I just, the difference from what happened this year and what I expected was those homegrown guys taking a step. Like Josh Young, I was skeptical because I was like, he's still a, like, he's going to be a rookie with no experience. He might be good. He's got a good prospect pedigree. He ended up having a really good year. I didn't expect like Leody Tavares and um, Jonah Heim and like uh, Dane Dunning. I didn't expect those guys to have the seasons that they did. Uh, I really liked even Dallas to an extent. I really liked Dallas a lot going into this year, and I've liked him since he's been in the bigs. I didn't expect him to have um, a damn near 40 win, 40 home run season. I thought he was more of a th- closer to 30. Um, but ultimately, it came down to, to those breakouts. Uh, and that, like, Mitch Garver was really good for them. Like, Robbie Grossman had a league average year, which was impressive this year. And then, obviously, late in the year, they called up Evan Carter, and he was one of the reasons they won the World Series. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy year for the Rangers. Um, I thought Corey was going to have a really big year, and he did. Uh, he'd probably be... He'd probably he a full season of him and what he did this year. I think people would vote for Otani, or him over Otani, but the fact that he didn't play the whole year, even though even even with Otani missing time, I still think Otani's going to win MVP. But Corey's going to get second, and for good reason. One second World Series MVP this year, first guy to do it in both leagues, which is crazy. Um, uh, what I did get correct, and what obviously proved to be fruitful. I said that uh, Bruce Bochy was their most important acquisition this year. Uh, I didn't think they won the World Series, but I said he was their most important acquisition. And he he was. He really was. Uh, I, I, might, I might touch on this a little bit more on the next ep- podcast episode, but it's uh, it makes me 
not bitter. Just, um, man, I wish, I wish I could have what you guys have coming from a Mariners fan perspective, but I think I'll probably touch on that in the next podcast, do a little, little wrap up of what that means in the context of the AL West, the Rangers winning the world series. That is moving on to the angels, man, this franchise is impossible, man. I, there, you can't, you can't predict their franchise because I like the moves. I liked the moves that the angels did. I liked their trade deadline moves. I liked their offseason moves. I liked the things that they did to improve the team, and yet they were still so incompetent, and they still stunk. They started the year hot, as they're one to do, and then they quickly faded away. I took the over, 80 and a half. I liked the moves. They won 72 games. Impossible to predict this franchise, dude. I just can't. It's like... (laughs) For all the strife of being a Mariners fan and depressive episodes that sent me in, I can't imagine having to be an Angels fan these last five years. Even if you want to go since Trout's been out the last ten years, but with Trout and Otani not doing anything is so depressing. And I don't have much more to say. I mean, Logan O'Hoppy was really good and got hurt. Otani was an MVP. Trout was hurt a lot of the year. Again, I liked the moves. And I liked the moves they made at the deadline, and they just didn't work out. But I, I at least liked that they went for it. I liked that they were not cowards at the trade deadline. I do appreciate about that um, from Perry Manassian, that he he went for it. He didn't just roll over. He was like, fuck it, we're going to try to make the playoffs with Otani. Um, and just because the moves didn't work out doesn't mean the process was incorrect. So, whatever. I took the over, and I lost. So that serves me right for taking the over on the Angels. And the last team here, as we wrap up at over an hour, the Houston Astros. I just thought it was business as usual. I thought they'd win the division again. And, I mean, they did win the division, but it was not business as usual, that's for sure. Um, Jose Abreu proved to be a really good signing in the playoffs. Uh, I obviously thought he'd be a better in-season guy. But um, the team was just worse than I thought, but they were still pretty Astros-like. I mean, they still made the ALCS for the seventh straight season. So I think it's still a failure, I guess, for them this season because they didn't win at all. I feel like that's their benchmark now. But I didn't foresee them missing the playoffs or, you know, and it, it looked for a while there that they might not win the division. And then thanks to the Mariners, they did. So tough. But uh, I took the over on them, 96.5. They won 90. So I got the AO West almost entirely wrong except for the A's. Because uh, I thought uh, how this division would shake out is the Astros take first, and then I had Mariners, Angels, Rangers, and A's. Yet again, getting the Astros in first and the A's in last correct and having a sandwich in the middle of wrongness. But that's it. That is it for my revisiting my over-unders, my predictions, my season wrap-up pod, coming in at just over an hour. If you're listening to this still, if you're still listening to the sound of my voice at an hour and three minutes and 22 seconds in, I thank you. And look out for Monday. Monday, it will be off-season outlook for the Seattle Mariners. It'll be a solely Seattle Mariners podcast looking at the off-season 
um, pleading with the ownership and front office to please do something to get the juices flowing because I want to feel again. I want to feel again and I'm ready to get hurt again. So um, that's an open message to the front office of the Seattle Mariners. But if you're listening this far again, appreciate it. It was fun to do these preseason podcasts. I like making predictions because you know they're going to be incorrect most of the time. But it was fun to listen back and and uh, be the uh, the what is it? The Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV meme. I was listening back and I'd say something that happened this year, like in a prediction. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I said that. I knew that would happen." And then also I said the Angels are going to be a good team, and that didn't happen. So, you know, that's the experience of predictions. But thank you all for listening. Hope you have a good rest of the week. Look out for Monday's pod, and I'll end it with a go Mariners again. Go Mariners. Eh, I don't know. That doesn't feel right. I'm dragging this outro out because it doesn't feel right to say go Mariners. Jerry Poto just made a trade. He traded for a reliever. So the offseason can officially begin. All right, signing off. Goodbye.